bodies. Uh, welcome back to the Introvert City, where we discuss culture, media, and faith from the perspective of an introvert's complex mind. Nice. How are we doing today, guys? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Check me out. I got my take at that uh, that intro. Yeah. Do you guys like our new intro? I really like it. I I, I like it. Yeah. I like it. I just think that I just think that homebody is such so niche, such a nice little. Yeah. Nice once we get a YouTube channel, um, we'll be able to call like our commenters and our faithful subscribers homebodies. Mm-hmm. Do you guys want to see a YouTube channel from us where Seth does my makeup? <laughs> 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 or I do Seth's makeup. <laughs> that would be really fun. Yeah, I'm sure it would be for you. It would be so fun. <laughs> sure, it'd be fun. Or we for could you. do like <laughs> pranked my girlfriend. And she died. <laughs> what? <laughs> Anyways, my my girlfriend fell down the stairs and then she died. What? Those are crazy. Like YouTube pranks are very entertaining. Like my dad loves them he could spend hours just watching like scare pranks but the ones that are like death related are way too far my dog exploded and then (laughs) i died gone wrong in the hood and the thumbnail is like (laughs) the dog with tears streaming down his face (laughs) anyways if we do do youtube in the future it'll be fun lighthearted stuff it'll probably be very similar to this so seth what are we talking about today that's an interesting question. What are we talking about today? Well, the last couple of weeks, things have been getting pretty deep. We talked yep. about. Why are you laughing? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm. I gotta be honest with you. I am like so in a place where like I really loved our testimonies, and our episode with Mr. Garlic was so pouring and 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 was so um. Guys, he said pouring, not boring. Just so Pour, you have it poured it. a lot. It, yeah. it, it poured a lot in, into us, and like, uh, um, it, it was really an incredible episode. <sighs> but I'm also very done with testimony for right now. I need to stop talking. I don't want to talk about myself anymore. Yeah. So before we got to the studio today, we were. I was like telling him all the things that I wanted to talk about, and he kept saying no because they were all quote too political, <laughs> too theological. <laughs> too deep which like okay i actually understand like now that i'm here and we're recording i i do feel the same Mm. so i brought up the idea of talking about things that really bug us some of our pet peeves maybe some experiences that we've learned from let's tackle our least favorite presidents okay uh how about no let's not do that today we want to talk about some things that we dislike yeah that we maybe even strongly dislike some things that we even uh, egregiously hate. Ooh. Ooh, you felt that nice word. In your bones. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just start strong and passionate. What is your biggest pet peeve? This could be with people or just a thing that really bugs you. One thing that I really dislike, that's just a small thing. I really don't like when food Especially like greasy food touches my fingers. True. And even food in general, like y'all, took me a long time to eat French fries. Okay. Let me be honest with you. And eat chicken nuggets. Even popcorn was hard for a long time. Okay. (laughs) No, you've always been that way. Yeah. I remember. And like both of us 
are kind of that way. Like I also don't like when food touches my hands, but that's just mm-hmm. because I'm a germaphobe. It's not that you're a germaphobe. You just don't like the feeling. And so both of us will like be on a date eating pizza with a fork and knife. And it's like, that's how it's been for us. I have gotten a complex about my fingers though. Mm. Like I, I definitely have. I'm okay to open like doors and stuff, but it's like when I shower, I in particular like really go for the dirt on my fingernails. When you shower, you wash your fingernails? Yeah, yeah I, I, I like try to get in there, really get in there. But in the shower? Yeah, because in the shower, I feel like it's the best time because if you rub it out, if you rub it out, it'll immediately fall away. When you just te- take stuff in there, you might get some like residue still in there. But when you're showering and you put your finger like up to like the shower head, I feel like it, it gets really clean. Do you wash your belly button? Are we really talking about this right now? <laughs> just answer the question. No, no. Do you wash your belly button? When I remember. When <laughs> I do. When I remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My biggest pet peeve is. This is okay. Me saying this is going to like kind of contradict what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it. It's just people acting like pick me's. And I know me saying, oh, I can't stand pick me's is going to make me sound like a pick me. But hear me (laughs) out. I can't stand when I'm in public. I'm in a group of people um, and someone just starts saying things that I'm like, huh? Like, okay, you know? No, yeah. Like when someone... uh like when someone tries to use like a fake story or something that like happened, but maybe they blew it out of proportion. Right. But n- not even that. It's like when they get there and they look perfect, like I can tell their makeup is done, their hair is done and they, you know, they're not super dressed up, but like their outfit is put together yeah. and they're like, guys, I'm so sorry. I just <laughs> rolled out of bed today and I look horrible. Like, please stop. Guys, I did so bad on the test. I did so bad. It is so bad. bad. Normally I get 100, and today I got an 85. My parents are going to kill me. Meanwhile, their parents, like, couldn't care Don't care. They do not care. Yeah. That's my biggest thing. Then they, like, tell you, they're like, I wish I was as good as you. And you're, like, here with, like, a D minus. And, like, you got a lower test score than them. Or it's, like, an art. I always hated an art where it's, like, the girls would be like, oh, my God. I love I, I, I'm so bad at painting and it would be like the Mona Lisa and then you have like chicken scratch on your paper and they're like I wish I was as good as you and I'm no! like <laughs> it's so frustrating the amount of people I know like that another one for me is this kind of goes along the same line someone who like is waiting for you to ask what what's wrong and, like, they just don't want to tell you. And I'm guilty of this sometimes with you. Like, I know sometimes I won't tell you. Like, I want you to ask me. And I'll be like, mm, the fourth time he asks me, then I'll tell him. But, no, people, okay, so I have this one person that I knew who was, like, having a bunch of stuff happen to her. And it she tended to overshare, and it was very frustrating. Um, and so I would never ask about it because I didn't want her to tell me all this information that I yeah. – so she would come up to me and I'd be like, hey, how are you? And she'd be like, oh, you know, I'm okay. So then, of course, I have to ask. <laughs> Can't stand that. Oh, oh my, my gosh. Like, uh, yeah. Uh, and, it, <laughs> uh, and honestly, things like that. You ever notice something in someone else and you realize that you do it and you're like, 
I need to stop doing that. No, yeah. yeah. It makes you re-examine everything about yourself. Yeah. So what's another one for you? Like a, something that a person does. I really hate, and this is a big one. I really hate when people make up stories to one-up you. Mm. That's something I hate so much. Especially after you've just given like a really long story. No, yeah. Like, oh my God, there was one time where there was this girl who I was around. I won't give names, but this old lady came into the store and she was talking to her. And an old lady, like she was obviously decrepit and old. And she was like broken down. You can tell she had like a million surgeries. And this girl was like trying to tell her about how she has so much worse health problems. She And the, late, oh. the old lady was like, oh, yeah, I, I had to get this replaced in my hip and my arm. And the other girl was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, she's like, I can barely get out, out of bed some mornings. I'm like, like, stop. No one's asking you. Yeah, that's so annoying. Okay, so then I have a question then. If you're giving me a scenario, like something you just went through that was really hard for you, does it help if I give a story that was very similar to that and I share how I handled it and I say, you know, everyone's different, but this is how I handled it if that's helpful for you? Or do, is, does that annoy you too? Well, here's the thing. I think when you look at one-upping, you look at it and you and there's a difference, right? When someone comes to you and they say, oh, I'm having a really bad day. You know, I did really bad on this test at school. My parents are, are in a bad mood and then my friends are, they aren't as close to me as they used to be, you know. Your first instinct should not be, oh, I know exactly what you're going through. You know, all my friends are, are, are gone, but they, they don't like me anymore. My parents, you know, they hate me. They don't want anything to do with me. And I'm just failing at school. <laughs> you know, you know, but and you're like, but I, I get through it. You know, I, I you know, I, I, I try my best not to cry and put myself into a big your, your, your thing shouldn't be using harsher stories to make a first person feel better, because in reality, it usually does the reverse effect. If I say if you come to me and you say, oh, my mom just died. It's really sad. And I'm like, yeah, I remember when both my parents died. And I was like, but, you know, you got to move. You got You got to get on with life. That would be really harsh. And it would make you feel like, wow, maybe I'm overreacting. Mm. Maybe I shouldn't be acting as as harshly as I am. My mom always talks to me about that. That when you come to someone, your first instinct should be like should be to say, I'm really sorry. What can I do to help? Rather than I know what I can do to help. Listen to me talk. So it's more of like them talking about something worse. It's not them going through the same thing. Not just talking about them worse, but almost kind of making it about themselves. Okay. In that regard, because then say if what's going on with them at the moment is worse than what you're going through, you have to kind of push your feelings aside and console them almost. OK. You know, um, and a lot of people, this this one woman at my church, I think her name was name was her name was Vicky, I think, at my church at Journey. She went up and she gave her testimony at, at Journey one time. She talked about pain and how everyone's pain matters just as much to them as someone else's pain does to them. So to me, you know, my dog dying could hurt me just as much as your mother dying to you. Now, of course, those are two completely different things. But when it comes to pain, you need to give them both the same amount of time to really, you need to both give them the, 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 the adequate time to really talk about it. Because if someone comes over to you and says, my mom is dead, so you know, I have a harder problem than you, that problem isn't getting fixed. You're just throwing your problem away, you know, so you can move on, quote unquote, when in reality, the problem of your dog being dead 
is still a problem that you haven't gotten over yet. Yeah. You're just deciding to move past it because, oh, it's not like my mom is dead. It's not like my dad is dead. Or they have a harder story than I do. Or, oh, there's there's kids in Africa starving. Oh, there's kids who have cancer in this country. Oh, there's homeless people. Yeah, that's really awful. And, th- and it's terrible that that happens. But you should never look to pain as a way to almost neglect your problems. Yeah, and some people do it without realizing, and some people do it as a manipulation tactic. Like, if you say, oh, I'm really hungry, can we go eat something? And the person goes, oh, there's millions of people starving in the world, you should learn to control yourself. Like, a person saying that usually knows that Mm -hmm. that's a control tactic. But, okay, so another question. Let me give you a scenario. So let's say we're both dudes, and... (laughs) You just broke up with your girlfriend yesterday and I broke up with my girlfriend or no, our girlfriends broke up with us Mm -hmm. and my girlfriend broke up with me, let's say a year ago and yours was recent and you came to me and you were like, hey man, my girlfriend broke up with me. I feel horrible. I don't know what to do. And I come and I respond with, oh yeah, that's really tough. I went through the same thing a year ago and it was the hardest thing, but here's how I got through it. And I hope this can be encouraging to you. Is that one upping? I think it depends. I don't think that necessarily everyone who one-ups does it in a way that they mean to be like that. Because I think if you say to someone, if you level with them, and, you know, I I think that the first step should be asking, you know, if someone says to you, right, right, like you come to me and you say, oh, I really feel I'm in a really bad spot right now. My mother just died, you know, like my my, my parents, my, my dad hasn't been able to cope with it. And my brothers are having a harsh time as well. And I don't really know what to do. If I say to you, you know what? Like I, I remember when something similar like this happened in my family. You know, if you ever want, if you ever need help, just ask me. You know, stuff like that. Because okay. I feel like when you say something like, oh, yeah, when my mom and dad died, I remembered it. It was just like, it was just like yesterday. Then you go into the whole, the whole idea story. of your story. Then it becomes less about them. Right. And so now at the end of your story, how do you think they're going to react? Mm-hmm. And they're going to say, oh, made me feel better or you think they're going to say oh i'm really sorry that happened to you Mm -hmm. because when when a person who's already in a bad mood like that because let's be honest the if you're the person they're coming to the issue that you're talking about to them probably is not at the moment affecting you as harshly as that moment is affecting them they are the prior they're the one on priority you are not Mm -hmm. your story if you were to bring it up to them before that right or after you guys have talked about it and maybe become close, then you brought up your story as a way to kind of level with them and be like, listen, I understand and I want to help you, you know, and I hope that we can become friends out of this. That's different. But when the first thing you utter is that that same thing happened to me, it becomes about you, not about them, not about their pain, but about your pain that you're pushing to this place where it's less about actually talking about your pain, more just listening to yourself speak. Thank you for clarifying I was just asking all those things because I tend to respond to people who are like who are coming to me to vent. I typically will respond with like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. Something similar happened to me," and I give my story. I also think women tend to do that more because we're more emotional and we have like a tendency towards empathy, where like we bond over experiences. And so I want to make sure I'm not one upping because I do give stories a lot. I think with the way you're saying it, it doesn't sound like it's necessarily one-upping, you know? Try to make sure that you put that same, you give that same energy that they're giving in a genuine way. Not that it's just a way to say, oh, yeah, I, I totally understand. 
mm-hmm. because that might be affecting them really harshly. Sure. Like say, right, uh, say your dog died and their dog died. You may not have been that close to your dog, right? But they may be really close to their dog, right? Mm-hmm. And so bringing that up and saying like, oh, I know exactly what you're going through and saying, but I got over it like this, they're gonna, you're not going to understand because your relationship with your dog wasn't that important. Right. You know, um, even as far as when it goes to parents, whenever anybody's parents die, it's always a sad thing. But say your relationship with your parents wasn't that great, right? And your parents died. That'd be sad. But say a person who was really close to their parents mm-hmm. or even a person who had a really bad relationship with them, but they wanted that, you know, they wanted something from them, but they couldn't get it. And then they died. Yeah. That's harsh. Everyone's that's really different. hard. And I think that's a harder story than saying, oh, um, to say I got over it like this. They're not always the same. And you got to be open to saying things like, you know, what can I do for you? Mm-hmm. How can I help you? Yeah. You know, be like, you know what? Something similar happened to me as well. I want to know how, what I can do to help you. Things like that. I think it's good to have healthy experience, like uh, conversations about experience with people. Like, yeah, if you if you're also at the moment, say, you know, I come to you and I'm like, oh, my parents just got divorced. And you and you at the moment are feeling the exact same thing. It's okay to be like, yo, my parents are going through the same thing. Uh, what you know, maybe maybe we can talk about this. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, maybe we can go out. You know, talk, have some lunch together, talk about this. Um, less about, oh, this is my problem, and then moving on. Right. Because then to you, now they know everything about your problem, which also makes it their problem. But you're not taking into account their problem or the really the 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 context and ideas in their problem. So you're not really worrying about their problem that much. Yeah, I understand that. You don't have to do the hard work about really consoling them. Right. That's a good response. I I think when someone pours their heart out to you, the best thing you can say is if you're in public, say, hey, can we go somewhere private to talk about this? Um, take genuine time for them show them that you are authentically listening and you authentically care and then if they ask you for your experiences then you give it to them like have you ever been through this how can I do it how can I get through it and you could say well this is what worked for me I don't know if it'll work for you but this is what I did and there's a lot of people I know that are a really good uh, example of that you know uh, I like a couple pastors from a couple people that I know from journey mm-hmm. do it really well a lot of the men there are really good at that um some church, some people that also you you know that I've talked to are really good at that as well. There's people you can find that are like that, and I think it's you also got to make sure that you're not also giving too much information when you give when you like really go to somebody because you don't know who they are. If it's a random person, I wouldn't get too deep into what you're talking about. Yeah. But if it's a person you know, talk to them. You know. Mhm. And like, never feel like they're gonna be, they're gonna judge you for it, because if they do judge you for it, that's on them. That's easier said than done. No, I know, I know. But I think if someone judges you, that's really on them. Mm -hmm. So on the similar topic of one-upping and things, did you ever have a kid in your class in, like, elementary school who you would tell a story and they'd be like, I did that. My dad actually (laughs) owns that company, actually. Like, well, my dad can do this. Well, my dad is actually literally Donald Trump. You know, <laughs> no, like. because I remember having those people in my class or saying that their parents were the inventor of something. Yeah, I yeah. did it accidentally once 
when I had I got one of those fake like tattoos that you do with a sponge and someone was like is that a real tattoo and in my mind I didn't know that real tattoos were done with needles and so I was like yeah duh it's a real tattoo and everyone was freaking out because I was like in first grade and they couldn't believe it but it wasn't actually real <laughs> that's right guys I'm a sinner behold <laughs> no but I was just thinking about those kids who like one up and they're lying about it they definitely by the way I don't think it's a sin to get a tattoo oh yeah no I have I don't a want tattoo that. and I'm getting I don't want that more. to be <laughs> yeah um, but I think those kids that are that way and then they never get that fixed they probably grow up to be like pathological liars I feel probably probably yeah. pathological lying is is um Something that you don't always catch on if you're not paying attention. Mm. It's like when and pathological lying, people always think that that when you see a liar, it's always going to be obvious. It's not always obvious. Sometimes it can be as, as small as like, oh, uh, when I got to, when I went to go get my hair cut, I asked them to cut it down two inches. When they know they got got to ask to get cut four inches, mm. and you're like, why would they even lie about that? But it's like that's that that's the type of way that I think a lot of pathological liars. I know a few. A lot of pathological liars um, do things. They'll tell you something really small, make up really small stories, or like they get down to, my grandfather says this, they get it down to a science, you know? Mm. They get lying down to a science. So what's the best way to expose a pathological liar? Should you, like as soon as you catch them in the act, should you say something and be like, hey, that's actually not true? Or should you play along with it? and watch them be embarrassed afterwards. Because I've been waiting to do this my whole life, and now you know that I have confidence in everything and I'm still building my confidence, I'm gonna do it. Before I die, I'm going to catch a liar in the act. See, as God-fearing, Bible-believing Christians who love people so much, we should, never, <laughs> we should never want to throw somebody under the bus, but there also is a time and place where you kind of need to really say, okay, What's going on here? Uh, I think one of the biggest ways to do it is just give genuine information and make sure you try to be as honest as possible with what you're saying. Because I think people can typically, I think when someone is really being really honest and genuine, people typically can really pick up on it. And after a while, if you if it's like a you're next to a person who's a pathological liar and and they're and you can tell they're constantly lying. Just try your best to be as honest and genuine as possible in that conversation. We should always be honest and genuine, you know, but I think try your best because people, if they're seeing the complete contrast right next to that person, they're, they'll notice it, I think. I think they do notice that. So you shouldn't call them out. I don't think calling anyone out in like public, I don't think things like that are really great because I don't think that that typically really works. Like... If I'm gonna be honest, if someone called me out on a lie in public, that probably wouldn't make me want to not lie anymore. That would probably just make me not want to hang out with those people anymore. If I'm gonna be honest, mm -hmm. I'm just trying to figure out the best, most Christ-like, most uh, satisfying way to catch a liar. If someone lies in a way that's really big, that it's like deeply offensive, like if someone mocks the word. Or if mm -hmm. someone lies about something in scripture, sure. or if someone lies about something that is obviously true, you gotta at times be like, "Listen, man, that's not true. That's not true. That's not. You're not being. That's not. That's a not." A lot real. of times, what girls do, we're really good at this. It's like if someone says, "Oh yeah, I was there last night." Oh, were you? Yeah, I was there, and I was I was hanging out with with my friend. Oh yeah, what what friend? When like, and we already know. 
we already no, know. Yeah, yeah. Some and so stuff then like that. Once they once they get everything out, then we say, oh, okay, well, so you weren't like the girl would say, so you weren't with this person, right? And you weren't here, right? Just to make sure. <laughs> no, and that's, then the, that's that's so petty. <laughs> see, here's the thing. So I don't see no verses about being petty in the Bible. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Guys, I'm just kidding. Not for real. Like when uh like when Jesus is talking and Jesus is people, petty and sarcastic. I'm sorry. <laughs> like when Jesus is talking and the disciples next to him and everyone's leaving and he looks at them and he's like he looks at Peter and he's like, Y'all gonna leave too? <laughs> I love that part. I remember the pastor read a scripture on that in church and you looked over at me and you just started laughing. <laughs> no, I think you can be petty and sarcastic without stooping to their level and mm-hmm. you know still doing it in a god honoring way yeah yeah maybe okay maybe that's not the right petty word. might not be the right word but i understand what you mean you know what i mean i think so. too just genuinely being like like if someone says oh yeah i went to this really awesome event this one year then they tell you the name of the event and you're like i've been there and you're like oh yeah did you remember when it was like this and like that and then they're like yeah i completely remember what that. and I, I was like yeah uh, what time did you get there? And he and then they're like, oh, I got there at nine o'clock. And you're like, that's weird. I thought it only opened at eleven o'clock. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Stuff like that. Stuff like that. Throw it in there, really, really. Oh, that's weird. You don't I want to necessarily yeah. call them out, but it's like then eventually everyone will be like, everyone. Who's telling on. the truth here? You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and usually though, if you, if you are the person who's telling the truth, people can tell because you'll be able to give just genuine basic knowledge that this person will be able to give. If you're like, uh. Like someone who's like, um, oh yeah, at Comic Con last year, I remember seeing Ryan Reynolds, and then you're like, hmm, that was interesting because I actually watched a panel from from there, and he didn't he didn't show up. They actually mentioned that he didn't show up at that one, you know, wow. and they're, and they're like, they're like, oh well, I mean, I, I I'm pretty sure I saw him. Maybe <laughs> maybe he was only there for a couple minutes, and you're like, or maybe he was never there. Yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day, just come on, people, stop. <laughs> just it's stop. so annoying. <laughs> you're not fooling nobody. It's 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 really something that people t- typically typically most people can kind of pick up on it, but a lot of people there also is a lot of people that don't genuinely pick up on it, mm-hmm. and also it's just such an annoying thing to do, trying to act like you're better than people or trying to act like you like you're something when you're not. It says it in Galatians, when someone thinks that they're something when they aren't, and you reexamine themselves because they are not that important, you know. Okay. <laughs> But certain people, they do this because they're like, I can't let anybody know that I'm flawed. I can't let anybody know that I'm not a god. I can't let anybody know that I'm, that my dad isn't Donald Trump. As if, <laughs> as if everyone isn't flawed. As if everyone's dad is Donald Trump. <laughs> Why are we talking about I don't this? Know. It's not political. It's not political. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up here. Yeah. Any final words on pet peeves? Nah. Stop one-upping. Stop being a pick-me. Stop touching food with your hands. Okay. And Stop that's lying. our new Instagram caption for the week. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we love you guys. Thanks yeah. for tuning in this week. We'll this be back next week with some new topics. Have a good week, guys. Bye. Bye.